Passion and desire can attract everything you want in life. Passion by Design is a show about designing and living a life of passion. I'm Paula McChesney, here with my co-host, Sandy Peckinpah. And we're here with you live every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. to discuss living life fully through the senses here on Radio Monterey KRXA 540 and streaming live on the Internet at RadioMonterey.com. Hi, Sandy. Paula, I am really looking forward to our show today. We'll be giving you an overview of Passion by Design, including coordinating every aspect of our lives so that we're living life fully with passion, with purpose, with possibility, and it's a great trifecta in my mind. Oh, Sandy, it certainly is. Yeah, when you look at the things that comprise our lives, our bodies, our minds, our physical surroundings, like our physical space, and together we're going to be exploring what it would be like to design your feel-good life today. You know, Sandy, that's what Passion by Design is all about, and this is a concept that we came up with many, many years ago, and as time has gone on, we've just gotten more and more and more evidence and support that uh, we're really on the right track with this information. And mm-hmm. it's really about how you live your life fully and with juice and with connection and compassion and commitment and the choices that we make in our in our lives and our on our homes. And there's a great Tony Robbins quote, and he he talks about how the things that we do are really because we want to feel better. Mm-hmm. And so if we think that we're going to get a relationship or we're going to get a bigger house or we're going to get a bigger car or we're going to lose weight or gain weight or any of the things that we do, it's because we think that it's going to make us feel better. And right. so what what Passion by Design really gives is a lot of great practical information, some tools, some tips, some experience that we've gathered, quite frankly, from from really living lives that are pretty alive and full and, and juicy. And uh, that's what we love sharing because it, it's so much fun and, and our stories really do do create our lives. Um, so we've identified some component parts of it, and we, we're going to talk today about our inner space and our physical space, our physical surroundings, our homes, our environment, and our connected space. And we've got a great guest uh, later in the show who's really an expert in that connected, connected space. So let's get started. Yes. Well, Paula, first of all, I wanted to mention that you and I have known each other since we were 12 years old. Yes, we have. And so we've experienced a lot of life together. And we've been through each other's ups and downs, and everybody has them. And so you and I have been, we call it seeking, a lot of wisdom for many, many years together. And it's surprisingly enough, we have pretty much been in alignment in our paths together all of these years since the age of 12. 
And I love that you came to me oh, probably about 10 years ago and said, I have this great idea, and I want to call it Passion by Design. Do you want to describe a little bit about how you came up with this idea? The idea really came to me when, and many people know that I'm an interior designer, and as such, I'm dealing with people's homes and offices and and their spaces. And many years ago, I was working in a client's home, and probably thankfully, I've forgotten who it was exactly, so I'll never reveal it because I can't remember it. (laughs) And we were doing a very large remodel of the public spaces, the kitchen, the great room, and so forth. And I um, wanted to go back and use the bathroom, to be quite frank, and uh, so went back through the master suite. And I was very struck by the state of the bedroom and there was an exercise bike there and there were some clothes tossed across the bike the bed was unmade um clearly they they had uh, a dog you know that was sleeping up on the bed with them and so forth and i had what i call my joan of arc moment where i heard the voice i wonder if the state of their relationship parallels the state of their bedroom and Passion by Design was born. And the Hallelujah Choir came up in the background. And the Hallelujah Choir, (laughs) absolutely. And it was just such a fascinating thing because it was very... It was very much an aha moment of, oh, my goodness, we have such ability to control and Mm -hmm. to change and alter our our environment and our space and, therefore, our world. And and we'll talk a whole lot more about that, but that's that's kind of the brief Mm -hmm. um, story of how Passion by Design got started. And then I brought you in, of course, because uh, you are a wonderful... um, uh, professional writer and speaker and i wanted to to share this project and and really expand it and i'm actually going to going to uh introduce you a little bit sandy too as a very very powerful woman who is uh just such a dynamic example of resilience and living your life with passion and i i'm quite honored to call you my business partner and my friend Oh, thank you, Paula. Well, we've, as I said, we've lived a lot of life together. Yes, we we've have. We've shared many years. But what I love is how, you know, so often we work on, on one aspect of our lives. Like people say, well, I want to go on a diet, or um, I'm going to start exercising, or I'm going to clean out my house, or I'm going to start meditating in the morning. Mm-hmm. And what I think people don't understand, which I've come to understand, and you and I both, is that they're all connected. Yes, definitely. And by your Joan of Arc moment <laughs> saying that the bedroom, was that a reflection of their relationship? And sure enough, as you shared with me, it really was. Their yes. relationship was in a bit of chaos, and it just took a little bit of fine-tuning to get it back on track. But um, but the three things that are so important and that work together are the inner the physical space, which is the home, the surroundings, the office, and our connected space, which is our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I want to talk about today is the inner space yes. and how we set the tone for the day. And I, I love this quote by Jack Cornfield. He said, we as human beings 
have this amazing capacity to be reborn at breakfast every day. (laughs) And we get to say, this is a new day. Who will I be? Mm. How am I going to show up? And that's such an important task, how we show up. And I know Louise Hay says all the time, she wakes up in the morning, and the first thing she does is thank her bed for giving her such a wonderful night's sleep. Yes. Well, we wake up and we're in a physical surroundings. We're in our bed. But what do we do for our spirit? And I absolutely believe 100% in setting the tone with your spirit first thing in the morning. And that's a practice of stillness. Mm -hmm. And some people can call it meditation. Some people can call it prayer. Some people can call it stillness. I call it all three of those things. And I promise that if you spend about 15 minutes minimum a day with stillness, and I usually start with reading um, inspirational books first thing in the morning, and that sets the tone for me to then close my eyes, listen to some great, quiet, peaceful music, and set the tone for my day. What am I going to do with my day? And I like to add to that the practice of a journal. Yes. Because um, you don't have to be a writer to, to do a journal. But a journal provides a framework to monitor your life. Absolutely. And, and it's the perfect complement to the stillness in the morning. So because the, pro, the process of writing is a natural demand on the brain, and it awakens the feel-good hormones that fuel your mm-hmm. brain and set the tone for the day. And so you look at that, and we're talking about designing our feel-good life. Well, this is part of Uh, producing those feel-good hormones. And when you start writing down in your journal, even just a few words, like, what are you grateful for? Oh, look at the flowers out the window. Or thank you, Mattress, for such a great night. Or thank you for the hot water in the shower that gets to run over your body abundantly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. And then after a while, when you start really getting the hang of journaling, an amazing thing happens. You start to see your life and hope rising up out of those words that really carve your future. And I've watched my dreams come true through the art of journaling. And yes, I really you have. think that journaling is somewhat of like, like a vision board, but it's words. And so we could call it our vision book. And it sets the tone for your life, not just the morning, but your life. Oh, it really, it really, really does, Sandy. And, you know, also, too, one of the practices that, that we do to follow on that is is we really make a point, and I know both of us do this because we talk every day, is mm-hmm. reading at least 15 minutes a day. And it's, right. again, that inspirational material. Um, we both have extensive libraries of, of mm-hmm. books that inspire us, and they inspire us at different times. Mm-hmm. And I really learned something a long time ago that something – that may not be speaking to me at one time in my life, may, even though it's sitting on my shelf, it may come up and speak to me at another time. So I encourage people to really stay open-minded to what, what we flood our, our minds and our hearts with, especially early in the morning and before we go to sleep, because that mm-hmm. sets the tone for how we're going to sleep through the night and how we're going to wake up. Well, you know, Oprah says readers are leaders, and I think that is so true because 
um, the, the reading statistics have taken a nosedive over the years. It's True. really quite tragic. And for me, there's nothing like the feel of a book in mm-hmm. my hand and a highlighter. I always read with a highlighter and a, um, and a pen, because even a fiction book, because I always find a new word that I love yes. or a saying or a quote, but it never fails to inspire me if I just spend 15 minutes a day reading and uh, really sets the tone for the whole, whole day in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the next thing that I want to put on that list, Paula, you're a registered nurse, mm-hmm. and I know you spent many years caring for people, and I swear <laughs> angels on earth, nurses are angels on earth, because I've just been through my poor mama going through a knee replacement, and I see how hard it is, what you, what you do. Mm. And why don't you talk a little bit about um, our third aspect of this feel-good life, and that is how we treat and pay attention to our body. Oh, Sandy, that's so important. It just, you know, I, I feel... Oh, goodness, I, I could go on and on. We'll, we'll do future programs all about our vitality and our well-being. And, again, it's one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that I do have a healthy body. And, again, the practices, and you'll hear us use the word practice a lot because we are we are the sum of our habits and our practices. And, mm-hmm. you know, having a mindful approach to eating and to food that is beautiful to look at and absolutely good for you and healthy and wonderful and also movement you know how do we how do we keep our bodies active what's that thing the bodies in in motion stay in motion and and so mm-hmm. forth and you know the stretching and the movement and so forth and we're going to be talking a lot a lot more about that um a little bit later, but we're going to go to a break shortly. And um, this is Paula McChesney with Passion by Design, and we'll be right back about um, some of our practices. Um, and Sandy is is uh, also with us. And um, so, Sandy, what um, you you want to say? That's a quick overview. Yeah, <laughs> that is a quick overview of uh, sort of exploring our inner space. And as time goes on, we're going to be talking more and more about the things that you can do to uh, design a feel-good life. And we also have uh, your area of expertise, Paula, the physical space. And what does that mean? Oh, the physical space. That is our environment, our world, our surroundings. The In my industry, it's called the built space. So it's it's our homes, it's our offices, it's the, the spas that we go and, and relax at, the resorts that we go and relax at, and, and all of those spaces that we have, we have created. And mm-hmm. the physical space is so, is so powerful and so important. And as a designer, that's my predominant area of passion and excitement. And people... Mm-hmm. People often ask me, Sandy, how, how I work with clients. And one of, one of the main things that I always start with is really what are your goals and objectives in your, your home? What do you want it to feel like? What do, you want, what do you want it to do for you? Some people really have needs for entertaining, for example. And so I will really question them. You know, how many people are you looking at? Do you need... Do you need five or do you need 50? Um, 
people to to be able to use the space. And so I really, really examine in depth what, what their needs are. And I create for them what I call a master plan. And this keeps people on track so that when they're out shopping, which people are wont to do, and they find a lovely little uh, sofa or chair or piece of art or whatever, that it really does, that appeals to them, that it really does fit into the master plan and the direction that they're going. And this saves not only a great deal of discord in the look but it also saves people a lot of money in their in their budgeting and getting the end result and not making mistakes and Mm -hmm. something i think people ask me frequently what's the biggest misconception about working with an interior designer and that is i believe that it's expensive and you can't afford it and the truth is that the smaller your budget the more you cannot afford to even waste one penny mm-hmm. <laughs> in a mistake. And that can be a bucket of paint that's the wrong color, or in my case, I've seen many, many times I go out to a job site and there will be half a dozen or a dozen buckets of paint lined up and people have, have spent a lot of time and frustration and money going back and forth to the paint store trying to do something which they they really didn't know how to do. And I'm a huge believer in the master plan and integrating all the elements of design and the senses because, mm-hmm. as as you know, and often these are not things that people think about, but, for example, if you go into a restaurant and the music, for example, is very, very, very loud or the lights are extremely bright and glaring or fluorescent or it's too dark or it's too mm-hmm. dim on the on the flip side of that it can be you know where you can't read the menu um, it really alters your experience of the enjoyment of of that time of your life and so I make a point to balance all of those things with what the person in this who's using the space what they want and what they need and what makes their heart sing and it's not about what I want. And as a professional, that's where I can really get out of my own way and do what you need, what the client needs um, to to have that space be wonderful. And in future shows, we're going to talk a lot about the elements that go into that. Um, Color, which is one of my favorite subjects, which anyone who knows me knows that to be true. And we'll really go in depth. Um, But for now, it's, it's so much really dealing with those elements of, you know, the, the simple being clutter free. And we've done entire shows on this, Sandy. And it's such a powerful energetic um, element to not have your space cluttered up with too much stuff. Well, I always love to say, because as you know, I'm a real estate agent in Southern California, and I go in a lot of homes, and I see how people react to homes. And um, the first impression is everything the second you walk in the door. It certainly is. And one thing that I always say is um, a home holds you close. Mm -hmm. A home is your physical surrounding of who you are. So let your home reflect that. 
And yes. you don't want that feeling of clutter. You don't want feeling of abrasive colors that aren't you. Um, like you say, you know, you have to have furniture that works with the flow of your home, who you are, uh, who your family is, the friends. All of that is so important. And that's what I'm really excited because your area of expertise is so strong in uh, design of the home, and we'll be getting into that a lot um, in the next couple of shows. And the third element of designing our feel-good life is what we like to call the connected space. Mm-hmm. Paula, do you want to talk a little bit about what is that connected space? Oh, yes, the connected space. It is so much our relationships and our relationships with ourselves, our relationships with those that we love intimately and our our immediate families and our romantic relationships mm-hmm. and and our our spiritual relationships as well and so much of of our our lives is about those connections and we really we really have opportunities in every single moment truly to make our choices about how we communicate the things that we say, the words that we that we use, the sentences that we use, and we I want to mention too, Sandy, because we didn't earlier at the top of the hour mention uh, you and I have together written a book which is called mm-hmm. Passion by Design, and in the book we talk about a lot of these things about the physical space and also our connected space and our mm-hmm. relationships with with each other and with with one another. And it's such a powerful element of, you know, simply using different words. And one of my favorite examples is the word taking taking the word but out of my vocabulary and replacing it with the word and. Because what happens is that, say, for example, you're you know, getting to know someone and you're getting to the point where you're getting close and you're saying, well, you know, I love you, but blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And all that is heard is the blah, 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 blah. It's kind of the the little bubble above the, in the comic book strip. We, for some reason, that but is such a block to how we can physically hear. When we take the but out of our conversations, yeah. no yeah. bad pun intended, and we bridge it with and, then we can really hear each other much, much more. And so a lot of tips like that um, about how we connect with each other and what our intention is when we do speak to each other. Well, I think that might be the perfect segue to introduce today's guest, don't you? Well, I think it absolutely is. And we're going to introduce, and Sandy, I'm going to let you uh, do the introduction. Um, Well, he is an expert in connecting people and uh, relationships and why it's so important in our lives. Um, Today's guest is an expert coach and an expert in connection and one of my favorite people on the planet. Bob Donnell is the founder and the CEO of Next Level for Success and Next Level by Association. He's one of the industry greats, truly, in personal development, business, and strategic coaching. He's worked with distinguished list of clients, including major corporations, professional athletes, 
award-winning musicians and actors and anyone else who wants to take themselves to the next level of success. And that includes me and you, Paula. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Bob Donnell. Well, thank you, ladies. I really appreciate the opportunity. And first, let me just congratulate you on coming back on the air and uh, what an honor it is to be uh, included in your first broadcast. So congratulations. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, Bob, we've been talking about uh, designing life on new terms. And one of the things that you're an expert on is people and connections. And can you tell us about you and who you are and your company and how you work? Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the, the quick version is I was raised by a single mom uh, here in Southern California. I um, never knew my dad. She died when I was in high school. Uh, before that, before she passed, I became a peer counselor working with, with kids in crisis and then um, founded a nonprofit organization right before I turned 19, uh, working with kids in crisis, suicide prevention and crisis management, and uh, had a great board of directors of psychiatrists, psychologists, and um, ran that program for about five years. Absolutely loved it. Great learning. Um, such a great experience. And um, as I went on and through my career and in sales and sales management and training and, and consulting, I began to realize that a lot of the things that I learned about how to take somebody from I want to die to I want to live um, were the mm -hmm. same strategic principles that I could use to influence myself or intervene for myself, if you will, to get myself to do the things that I kept putting off uh, and helping others to take action finally for once and for all for the types of things that they kept putting off. So um, I began to work with a lot of sales organizations, a lot of um, strategic people um, in various industries from entertainment to, uh, to people living under bridges and, and addicted to drugs. So I was really um, able to kind of bridge that gap. And, and you know, moving forward, I've, you know, I've done a lot of different things over the course of my life and always in an attempt to study and, and understand human behavior at, at its very core. Uh, because I figured that if I could understand human behavior, I could help anyone in any industry, uh, no matter what the circumstances were. And, and that's, uh, that's kind of the quick version of how I ended up where I'm at today with nextlevellive.com uh, Next um, is, is really a program that's dedicated and committed to helping individuals, teams, and companies get to their next level, whatever that is for them, and uh, personally and professionally. And so that's where we sit today, and uh, I've been very, very blessed to just have an amazing group of people in my life and an amazing group of uh, people that I've been afforded the opportunity to work with and who I've uh, and have been afforded the opportunity to have them work with me and, and help me along the way as well. So great mentors um, is, is never, uh, never something to be taken lightly, that's for sure. Mm, so true. You know, one of the things that I love that you do is you stress the importance of who your connections are. And you have a great organization called Next Level by Association. I'd love for you to share about that and why. Absolutely. You know, um, Jim Rohn said it best, a great uh, business and life philosopher in Jim Rohn. And uh, he, he, he made a great statement. He said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most money of your time with. And, and if you really take a look at that, you go, average what? And, well, the average health, the average finances, the average relationships, the average, um, the average you know, uh, ability to, um, to communicate. I mean, typically, um, wealthy people tend to hang out with wealthy people and vice versa. And, and gym rats tend to hang out with gym rats, and married people tend to hang out with married people. And the, 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 by and large, that's a very, very true statement. And so when you stop to consider it, you know, a lot of people come to the realization that they maybe just need to some new friends or at least some people sprinkled into the mix. And um, about four years, almost three, a little over three years ago, I was speaking, 
and I just and I, I, I'm always so free to kind of talk about some of the people that have really influenced my life. And, and at the end of speaking, I just said, you know, what if I could hold a dinner once a month where I brought in some of these people I've shared with you about, you know, Keith Ferrazzi, who wrote Never Read Alone and Who's Got Your Book, New York Times bestselling author. Um, what about Kasim Osgood, who plays for the San Francisco 49ers, a three-time Pro Bowl player in the in uh, in in National Football League, or or Sandy Peckinpah, who um, who has been an amazing realtor, an amazing influence in in everything from motion pictures to to uh, writing her own books and speaking, uh, you know, and, and just uh, so on oh, and so on. So many great people, and and I said, what if I was just to hold a dinner once a month and and really in, invite you to sit down and have dinner with some of these amazing people and. And people raise their hands, and that's three years old now, and it's been um, the catalyst, it's, but it's also been kind of the, 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 the backbone, if you will, to helping people really get to their next level by association, by having the right intentional peer group. Um, one of our members calls it um, a support group for overachievers. <laughs> and it's, it's really, you know, it's that great principle. To just how often do you intentionally get together with somebody that you know is going to be, as the Bible talks about, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And uh, it's been just a, a, it's been an amazing uh, adventure and journey this last three years, and it's it's, it's an amazing to uh, to watch how people respond to it. Bob, I actually have a question about that, and I'm I'm noticing. I have noticed for the last several years when people are so stressed and people are so worried and, you know, a lot of of very tragic things are going on in the world in people's lives and losing homes and losing jobs. And a lot of the conversation can really be very, quote, reality-based and negative. How do you deal with that? How do you coach your your people, your clients, to to handle that kind of situation, that negative uh, talk. Great question. You know, one of the one of the statements about in my Connectology program I teach that the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of connections you make. And um, so, based on that, it's really it really does come from the people that you associate with and the quality of connections. So, for example, you know, I have um, I have people that come up to me and they go, Hey, Bob, I want to share something with you, but I but but I just want you to know I'm not being negative. And I always think it's funny because I always <laughs> laugh, but the simple truth is that they know better than to approach me with a negative type of statement. Uh-huh. To, so much to the point that they will pre-qualify everything they say is they're not being negative, they're just sharing an experience. Uh-huh. And, um, and I think that's funny because I think we all you know, can, can fall victim and, call, and fall prey to that. That's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think one of the key things is to, you know, um, in Mastering Your Inner Game, which is a program I, I, I offer, it, it says that one of the principles is to look at things exactly as they are. And, you know, Tony Robbins says not better than they are, not worse than they are. In other words, don't go out to the garden and say there are no weeds. If there's weeds, you've mm-hmm. got to pull them. And uh, it's a great statement that I think it just gives a great visual. Um, but I think what we need to do is really look at things. So when I had a three-year-old daughter die in a car accident, and when, when that happened, um, I remember thinking, how do, I, how do I process this? And one of the processes that I came up with was, well, don't just, don't just try and act like it doesn't exist. The fact that I'm feeling miserable and pain and, and missing my daughter, uh, that's a fact. And so I'm not going to say, no, I don't feel it, and I'm not going to act like I don't. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, I realize that there's a, there's a real pain going on, and I'm going to allow myself some time, but I'm going to set a time limit. I'm not going to say, okay, I can feel miserable for the entire day and spend 24 hours a day in bed. 
I'm going to say, okay, for the next hour, I'm just going to allow myself to grieve. I'm going to allow myself to feel the pain of that. And then I'm going to set, after that time, I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to get up and do something positive for someone else. So I'm going to take my eyes off of myself, put them on someone else, even to the point of just going to the grocery store and carrying out groceries for people or taking the trash cans in for a neighbor. The bottom line was how do I get my focus off of myself now that I've allowed myself that, that grieving time. So a lot of times, you know, when somebody's dealing with major catastrophe, loss of a job or loss of a relationship or, you know, finances that just went kaput, um, or, you know, health that's really on, on a crisis mode, a lot of times what I'll do is bring them to that center point where I say, hey, look, you know, I'm not going to tell you it doesn't exist. It exists. You know, you got crappy health or, you know, your, your, your relationship went south and, you know, your wife's with somebody else right now or whatever. But what I want to tell you is that I'm going to allow you a couple of minutes to kind of really focus and grieve on that, and then we're going to, we're going to pick up ourselves and we're going to do something productive, which means we're going to take ourselves uh, our eyes off of ourselves and put them on someone else. And I can tell you that, you know, if it helped me with the death of my daughter, uh, I, I can't think of anything else um, that it couldn't be very beneficial for. And I've seen it over and over again. If people will just face the reality of something, give themselves a, you know, a little bit of time to think about it, and then take themselves, um, take their eyes off of themselves and put it on somewhere else. I've seen it help over and over again. So, Bob, that's I'm really delighted to hear you say that because that's something, and I, maybe I learned it from you, uh, <laughs> that I have been doing lately, and it's really, and I, Sandy and I do this, and it, it's kind of a. If I've got something really going on and really bothering me, I'll call Sandy up and I'll say, Sandy, can I have 60 seconds to complain? Actually, I use a different word, but we are on the air. Um, And she will say yes, or she'll say not right now. And it's really great. And then by the end of that 60 seconds... Both of us are actually pretty much laughing about it, and it mm-hmm. absolutely shifts that 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 ongoing, literally ad nauseum um, dumping of going on and on and on and on. And I find it a very useful technique that that I'm using a lot in my own life. So I'm really happy to say or to hear that you say you know the same thing, and it's a powerful technique. Yeah, what a, what a great uh, and, and you know I think I think the other thing that you shared there was that you have somebody that you can rely on that you can say hey yes. look I am in in this bad place and and I need to just kind of get some stuff off my chest and I need to kind of just hear it I need to hear it out loud and talking yes. to myself just really looks absurd so I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> um, so you know being able to have that person the fact that you guys have known each other for so long that you have this trusted and valued relationship and I, I can't express that enough that. We need to seek out, again, the value of your life will be determined by the quality of connections you make. And the fact that you have that quality of connection, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people are really struggling to find that person that, that they can say exactly how they feel and not be judged. And, and I think one of the things you said there, too, um, Paula, was a great statement, was that you, you get to share what's going on. But there's no judgment there. There's yes. no, um, well, let me fix it for you. Let me give you a solution. Let me talk over you. It's more an ability to listen, and an ability to be present to that conversation. And when I talk about connectology, I talk about one of the core principles is truly being able to be present, which means, you know, not looking at your phone, not looking away, not doodling, but really being present and just sit there and listen to somebody. Folks, it's tiring. I mean, it, it can be exhausting to do that sometimes, but I can tell you this, that the reward of the relationships you build in the process are outstanding. 
and um, absolutely worth any effort that it takes. And it does take effort, but it's it's well worth it. Oh, that that's great. We're going to take a short break right now, and I want to hear more about that uh, when we get back. I'm Paula McChesney with Passion by Design, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Passion by Design. I'm your host, Paula McChesney, and we have got such a uh, wonderful, wonderful gentleman with us this afternoon, Bob Donnell, who is sharing his expertise and knowledge about, we're calling it connectivity. So, Bob, keep going with, with where you were, please. Absolutely. Um, you know, the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of connections, but the quality of connection that you have will be determined by the quality of questions you ask. And, and what I find is that we don't ask very good questions. Uh, at networking events, it's, it's very typical, the same question over and over again. So what do you do? And uh, when I get asked that question, it's, it's always fun because I always answer the question with, I teach people to not ask what do you do as an opening line of question. <laughs> I'm sure that and, goes uh, over well. <laughs> It goes over well. There's there's times when people get offended and get, you know, put off. But really what I'm trying to do is just make a point to them that, you know, if you ask a shallow question, um, you're going to get a shallow answer. And mm, yes. here's the thing, that and, and people argue with me all the time, but it's, it's always fun to get into the debate over it. But I would say that, look, asking what do you do really poses the question that you're trying to be self-serving. And they go, no, 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 I want to find out what they do. And I go, you want to find out what they do because if it can serve you, you want to know about that. Oh. Or if what you do can serve them, which will serve you, will serve you as well. Right. And it's really, you know, that's, that's the bottom line. Now, most people say, no, no, it's just a matter of building rapport. Well, then I'd say your ability to build rapport sucks. <laughs> so you need to find new ways to be uh, to re- really build rapport. And so, again, we talked about being present, but one of the other process of, of connectology is really um, mastering your environment and then mastering your inner game and mastering the ability to to be totally present with people. Um, and being present is, is one of those things where can you sit there and listen and be fully engaged even when they're talking and talking and talking, can you be totally present? Or does your mind start to wonder? Or do you start to think about something else? And um, I think that, you know, one of the greatest gifts that we can give to somebody else is the ability to be connected to them. And, you know, I, I always say this illustration, but I say, you know, if, imagine walking into a room and everyone in the room is there, but imagine you see this one person sitting there and, and around their neck is this, like, cardboard sign. And on it, it says, if I'm not made to feel like I matter by the end of today, I'll take my life. And I say, now, what would, you, what would you say to that person? How hard would you try to connect with that person? Wow. And everyone always says the same. I would do anything. I would do anything. And I say, folks, there is not a single person I've ever met in my entire life, and I've dealt with some of the most successful um, people in the world, and there's not a single person I know that doesn't, at the end of the day, want to know that somebody looked them in the eye and saw them and appreciated them, loved them, respected them, adored them even sometimes, but really saw them and said, I, I get you. And uh, I, wow. I tell you, when, when you can do that with somebody, and I was speaking in a real estate office one day, and there was this gentleman sitting up front, and his arms were folded, and he was just kind of, you could tell he was there because the broker made him be there. He was not excited to be there. 
And I remember looking in his eyes, and I could just see that there was something there. So I, I took a chair, and I sat down in, and I, sat, and I sat right in front of him, and I just looked him in the eyes, and I said, Sir, you know what? I don't know your name, but I know you. As a matter of fact, I, I know I can see your hurts. I can see your disappointments. I can see the times that people have let you down, mistreated you, said things that weren't true about you. And I just want you to know that, that I get it. And... Um, and, well, and and I love you. You know, Bob, I love that part of your uh, business and how you teach people the humanity of the relationship. Because mm. so many success business um, and personal development coaches focus on where will it get me. But mm. what you're doing is you're reflecting humanity back on you so the light really does shine. And that's what I love about – I remember the first time that you had me do that ex- exercise about saying who I was without saying what I did. And I've got to tell you, it's really hard because I put so many labels on my life. Well, I'm a mother. I'm a realtor. I'm a writer. I'm a – who am I? And, and when you think about how hard that is, Paula, can you imagine – how oh, hard is that? I'm I'm trying to sit and think how I would define myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, what it does is it reflects the the connection on a hum, humanity level, and I love that. And Bob, before it gets too late, I'd love for you to share your um, how people get in touch with you, your website, and uh, the programs that you're most excited about that are coming up. Well, absolutely, and thank thank you for sharing that, and thank you for saying that. I. I never take it lightly when uh, somebody gives a compliment because if I did, I believe that I would be devaluing um, them. And, and I just want to really tell you how much I appreciate those words. Oh. Um, the, the, way, the best way to get a hold of me is through nextlevellive.com, www.nextlevellive.com. Um, on there, there's a lot of my different programs. I have Connectology on there, which is a one-day program. Uh, it's, it's an online program or uh, an in-person program here at my Next Level uh, Beach House here in Newport Beach. Um, Mastering Your Inner Game is an online program as well as a one-day program that is another program that just really focuses on helping you master that inner game, that, that thing that will determine whether you do or whether you don't, whether you keep putting it off or whether you finally take action, um, and whether you get the results that you really want or you're just getting the results that somebody's willing to give you. And uh, so those are the two, I think, core principles or core programs that could be really beneficial for, for anyone. And, um, and they've been utilized from everybody from professional athletes to people returning from war for, to uh, terminally ill patients. And um, so I think that it would be a great benefit. I'd love to uh, hear from you guys. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something. Um, we didn't talk about this, so I hope it's okay. But um, if yeah, somebody will shoot an email to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at nextlevellive.com, admin at nextlevellive.com, just, just say, I heard you on the show. Um, I would love to send you um, an audio file of a program called um, 10 Steps to Your Next Level. And it's just three-minute three clips. They're 10 three-minute clips that are just really designed to provoke thought and encourage you to move to your next level, whatever that is for you. I'd love to just send that to you. It's an audio file. It's downloadable. You can put it on your iPod, whatever you want to do. But uh, I'd love to be able to offer that to you. Oh, that's oh, generous. Thank you. Um, you know, Bob, you have also, before we close here, I want to say you have one of the greatest quotes of all time, in my opinion. You talk about whatever becomes acceptable becomes inevitable. Could you just 
touch on that a bit? Yeah, yeah. I know we're running short on time, so I'll try and give it an abbreviated version. But whatever becomes acceptable becomes inevitable. Uh, boils down to everything in life, whether it's good or bad. If you make it acceptable to make more money, you watch and see how quickly the money will start to come. But if you make it, uh, if you make it acceptable to live on less, well, that too will become inevitable. And you know, it, it comes even down to, to weight loss. I mean, I've had I had a woman one day tell me, you know, Bob, um, I'm just gaining weight, losing weight, gaining. And I said, How long has it been acceptable to be fat? And I used the word fat because I wanted her to jar out of the statement that she was making about herself, that she's just this person that just keeps losing and gaining weight. And it did, and it jarred her out of state just long enough for me to say, and she said, never, I've never made it acceptable. And I said, there was a time, there was a moment when you went to the closet, you pulled out a pair of jeans that didn't fit, and you put them on, and you knew that they didn't fit, so you, you didn't wear them, right? You put them back. She goes, Yes, and I said, that was the moment of acceptability. And then because the next day you went back in there, you didn't reach for them and go, well, let's see if they'll fit again. You said, no, I know they're too tight. I'm going to reach for another pair that fits more loosely. And because of that, you made it acceptable. And she goes, what was I supposed to do? And I said, well, wear them. She goes, but they're too tight. I said, the tighter the better. The more uncomfortable (laughs) you would get at that point, more uncomfortable you would be, the less likelihood that you would stay the same and you would begin to make the changes. You'd begin to, to walk at lunch. You'd begin to eat less. You'd begin to eat right, those kind of things. And you know what? Um, as we, we discovered that there were some things that happened in her life that made it acceptable for her not to be looked at by certain people of the opposite sex. And so once we changed that, she began to make it acceptable for men to look at her again. All of a sudden, wow. it was amazing that it became inevitable that she began to lose the weight and, and feel better than ever. You know, that's wow. such a powerful, powerful story because, you know, the thing about bodies, everybody's got one. <laughs> and and it's what it's our way we communicate with the world. And, boy, that's a powerful story to, to give people some very specific tools to help them manage that which is so ever present and and boy it, it certainly gives gives uh, something to think about of mm. of how we do that bob this has just been an absolute pleasure if you had cuz we have about another minute and a half or so if you had one thing to leave our listening audience with what would that be well, I think the, the law of acceptability is probably one of the strongest ones. Um, you know, just that if they can make it acceptable for them to get the results that they want in their health, their relationship, when they make it acceptable to be loved and be cherished, when they make it acceptable to lose that weight, when they make it acceptable to, to make the kind of money that they, they keep saying that they, they want but they haven't really made it acceptable, uh, those things will start to happen and materialize a lot quicker. And again, we're not talking about the foo-foo stuff, and we're not talking about um, just visioning, uh, you know, having visions, which I totally believe in vision boards and everything else. But I'm talking about really when you get to the core of who you are and you start to believe that, you know what, not only do I want this, um, and, and the law of deservability is a whole other concept, but really that I deserve it. Um, and even if you don't believe that you can deserve it or you're just not feeling it at that moment, can you believe that it's it's attainable and that it's attainable for you and that it's accessible to you? And then once you start to realize that and you start making it acceptable to lose that weight or have that relationship or make that kind of money, um, then it becomes inevitable. Bob, that is brilliant. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our hours come to a close. You are listening to Passion by Design. Please visit our website at passionbydesign.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.